Thank you, Tim. Rachel, let's take our Bibles and Sarah, Hebrews chapter number 11. You know, Christ is worth everything. He gave everything for us, and uh, we need to be all about him. We need to allow him to, to take our lives and to use us in a great and a wonderful way. We're in Hebrews chapter 11. I also want you to turn to Exodus chapter number 14. Before we get into the message, I want to just share with you a few quotes concerning Memorial Day. Sometimes we have a tendency to take for granted that which is given to us. We live in a free country because many fought for our freedoms. And Memorial Day, obviously, we honor those that gave their life. And Brother Rapp there gave us the statistics there in prayer. And I tell you this, we need to be thankful we live in a free country. We need to take advantage of the fact that we live in a free country. And uh, I hope tomorrow that you will not just see the day as a day to just have some a cookout, but I hope you'll reflect upon those that gave their lives for our freedoms. Let me give you a couple quotes concerning freedom. By the way, God wants us to be free. We'll look at that in a minute as we look at the children of Israel and God delivering them from Egypt. Those who have enjoyed, who long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy, forget in time that men have died to win them. Franklin Roosevelt. Douglas MacArthur, General Douglas MacArthur, said this, No man is entitled to the blessing of freedom unless he be vigilant in its preservation. By the way, there are many today that want to take away our freedom, some within our own ranks, and we need to, we need to make sure that we vote and make sure that we do, uh, take our, uh, do uh, our, fulfill our responsibility to be vigilant in its preservation. General Schwarzkopf said this, It doesn't take a hero to order men into battle. It takes a hero to be one of those men who goes into battle. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said, Courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live, taking the form of readiness to die. Nathan Hale said this, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. I particularly like this quote by Ronald Reagan. I saved it for the last. He said this, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We do not pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same, or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. And we need to make sure, as, as um, of course, uh, we've got one election that already went in May. We've got an election. We do our part. We need to do our part. We do our part to stand for what's right. We do our part to stand for the Lord. and do our part to, uh, to be all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil doesn't want us all in. The devil wants us kind of to be neutral. Uh, the devil doesn't want us to... Uh, to be set apart and to be uh, all that God wants us to be. And I tell you this, God is still on the throne and wants to do a great work. And, and uh, I'm excited to be a Christian, aren't you? Amen. We have a job to do. We've been looking through the book of Hebrews, and uh, we've been looking at all those that have gone before us, that God said, hey, this person walked by faith, and I did this through them, and this person walked by faith, and I did this through them. And, and, uh, and God wants to, us to walk by faith and do things through us, just like he did through them. They're human beings just like we are. And uh, today, as we look at our text, we're going to review a little bit. Brother Shaw, there he is back there. I, I thought, well, where did he go? The rapture came, and he left. He's patrolling our halls there. 
where the shawl went through uh, Moses, and this is where we are. We also see, as we look at this text, most of the passages we've been in prior to now have been individuals that walk by faith. We had a couple, Moses' parents, Amron and Jochebed, where we looked at them as a couple. Uh, today, we're looking at a group of people, the children of Israel. And we'll call your attention to verse number 29 of Hebrews chapter 11. As we continue our theme, we walk by faith, not by sight, believing God no matter what. And uh, we, we may face more challenges in the day we, we live. And we are facing more challenges, and we got to walk by faith. We have to believe God. Hebrews 11 and verse 29, the Bible says this, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. The they has to do with the children of Israel. You know, getting a group of people to do something can be a huge challenge. When the kids were little, we would be driving somewhere, and we'd be going on vacation somewhere, and I'd say, hey, we're going to stop at McDonald's and eat lunch. And do you know what I heard from everybody, except my wife, of course? Yes, I'm so excited. Now, my wife's very flexible. She didn't care. She's, well, whatever we want to do. But everyone was all excited. Yeah, we're going to go to McDonald's, and there's a playland, and it's going to be great. And, you know, as the kids got older, some of them realized that McDonald's isn't the best food for you. I won't ask how many of you like McDonald's. Once in a while, McDonald's kind of is quick and easy. And they, they claim that their, uh, what is it, the quarter pounder burger is fresh. Maybe that one's a little more healthy, they might claim. I don't know. But as they get older, I don't want to, I want to go to Taco Bell. I want to go to Burger King. You've got a lot more opinions. And uh, here you've got a group of possibly two million people. God's people, the children of Israel, about 2 million. You've got all kinds of different men and women and boys and girls and moms and dads. And they're together going to exercise faith in leaving Egypt and walking primarily, as we look at, through the Red Sea. By faith, they believed God. And God delivered him. Exodus chapter number 14 is where we're going to turn our attention. Primarily what I want to do is give you three observations. Many of us are familiar, very familiar with this story. Brother Shaw reminded us about it in Sunday school. And by the way, it's interesting sometimes when God brings the same subject up to us multiple times. You see, what's he doing? What God's trying to do is get our attention. He's trying to say, all right, I want you to get this. Repetition aids learning. And God wants us to get this, and so we find ourselves here by divine sovereignty in Exodus 14, looking at what we looked at in Sunday school. I want to have a word of prayer. I want to give you three simple observations from the story of the Israelites and the Red Sea. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the privilege to open your word. Thank you for the privilege to be here. Thank you for bringing us all together. Lord, we ask now that you would do what only you can do and that you would speak to our hearts. Draw us close to yourself. Lord, it's all about you. And I ask that you would continue to build our faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And help us, Lord, as they did of old, to walk by faith and not by sight. 
And we'll give you the glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see number one as we look at this story, and that is this. The will of God includes problems. The will of God includes problems. How many of you like problems? Yeah, none of us do. (laughs) As a matter of fact, sometimes when we see a problem coming, we run the opposite direction. We try sometimes to do everything we can to get out of a problem, to run from a problem. But we need to recognize that in the center of God's will, we will face problems in our life. The Bible tells us here in Exodus chapter 13 and verse number 20. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Ethan in the edge of the wilderness. Chapter 14 and verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihar-Rioth, between Migdol and the sea. What we're looking at is exactly where God is leading them, over against Baal-Savan, before it shall, ye shall encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will save the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, and the wilderness hath shut them in. Brother Shaw reminded us this morning in the Sunday school hour exactly where God led them. God led them, really, you could say, to a cul-de-sac where there was no way out. As a matter of fact, some commentator, F.B. Meyer, says this, The easiest route to Canaan lay through the isthmus of Suez, the land of the Philistines. A journey of a little over 100 miles would have conducted them direct to their destination. But God did not permit them to go that way. Lest in the sight of embattled hosts should unnerve them. In after years, when the education and revelation of the desert were finished, they might behold those scenes undismayed. What's he saying? They would see the Philistine army and they would turn around and want to go back. It must have been a great disappointment, Meyer says, when the cloud altered its course and led them due south. They found themselves encamped in the last place in all the land that human judgment would have selected. It would appear as if Moses would have hesitated in camping there had he not been distinctly commanded by God to do so. It was a perfect cul-de-sac. There was no egress from it except by the way which they had entered, The most inexperienced eyes in the whole multitude must have seen the apparent absurdity of the movement. Loud and deep must have been the murmurs and protesting of God's people. We think about exactly where God sent them. There was no way out. You ever feel that way? You ever feel like, you know what, if I go this way, it has problems. If I go this way, it has problems. If I go this way, it has problems. You think, hey, I feel like my life is full of problems. You feel like these problems are kind of caving in on us. God's will includes problems. If we understand that, I find it helpful. Matter of fact, hold your place in Exodus chapter 14 and turn to Matthew chapter number 14. Gospel of Matthew and chapter number 14. Another familiar story in the word of God. We sometimes think, what is God? Why do I have all of these challenges in life? Uh, Often, again, God allows them in our life because God wants to show himself strong. 
In Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22, the Bible says this, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. Notice Jesus constrained them. Notice Jesus said to his disciples, I took somebody on, say, guys, come on, get into this boat. And the Bible says that Jesus left, and Jesus left to go spend time in prayer. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And we know that Jesus comes and walks on the water, and Peter goes out to meet him, and he says, be not afraid, it's high. We know the end of the story. But the reality is, as we look at this story, similar to that in the, in the book of Exodus, what we see is God allowing problems in the center of his will. He puts the disciples in the boat, and the disciples come into a storm in their life. God directed them to the boat. God knew that a storm was coming. And sometimes as we think about surrendering, we think about doing the will of the Lord, and we say, you know what, I'm surrendered to God. I read my Bible, I try to pray, and I try to be a witness, and I try to do what God wants me to do. Why do I have all these problems in life? Because life includes problems in the center of God's will. By the way, somebody that's not saved, somebody that isn't doing what God wants them to do, they still have problems. We have a tendency to look at somebody and to think that guy's, and by the way, young people have a tendency to do this. If you look at that guy's life, it seems like he has it together, it seems like he has a lot of fun, and he has a lot of money, and he's not serving God, and he has the life. Until you sit down with him, and you talk to him, and you recognize that he has problems as well. Except for the unsaved person, they don't have God uh, walking through those problems with them. F.B. Meyer said this concerning this, Often God seems to place his children in positions of profound difficulty, leading them into a wedge from which there is no escape, contriving a situation which no human judgment would have permitted had it been previously consulted. The very cloud conducts them thither. It's important for us to remember. He says, you reader may be thus involved at this very hour. It does seem perplexing and mysterious to the last degree, but it is perfectly right. It is a platform for the display of his almighty grace and power. He will not only deliver you, we'll look at this in a minute, but in doing, he'll give you a lesson that you will never forget. And to which in many a psalm and song in after days you will revert. You will never be able to thank God enough for having done just as he has. The will of God includes problems. Number two, as we look at this story, we're going back to Exodus. I want you to see this. The word of God includes precepts. The word of God includes precepts. You see, Pastor, what do you mean? A precept is a general rule intended to regulate behavior or thought. God gives us truth in his book. He gives us instructions to help us when we find ourselves in the cul-de-sac of difficulty. 
Matter of fact, you look at the word of God, God gave them instructions. In chapter 14, God said, and, and verse number 15, uh, God said to Moses, and the Lord said unto Moses, Exodus 14, 15, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Instruction number one, Moses, you don't talk to me anymore. Go talk to the people and tell them to move forward. In verse number 16, he says this, And the Lord, uh, uh, but lift thou up, verse 16, thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. What did God tell him? Moses, it's time for you to move forward. It's time for you to raise your rod, and the sea is gone apart. And it's time for you, Moses, to lead God's people across the Red Sea. You see, God always has instructions for us. Sometimes people, when problems come, they say, I'm out. So I'm going to go do my own thing. Hey, when we're in difficult situations, we must seek God for direction as far as how he would have us to proceed. Now, one commentator said this, the, the, the faith the Bible is talking about is a trust in the word of God to the extent that it does what the word of God says to do. Therefore, crossing the Red Sea was, just, was not just logical thinking. It was a result of the direct command from God Almighty to go forward. You see, God gave them a command. God gave them instruction. And sometimes people, when they find themselves in the will of God facing problems, they have a tendency to say, well, I'm not going to read my Bible. Hey, we need to read our Bible more. The devil wants to do everything he can to get you as a Christian mad at God, to get you as a Christian thinking that God doesn't know what he's doing, that God's not fair, that serving God isn't what's right. That's where the devil wants us to be. But we need to recognize that I need God in the cul-de-sac of problem situations, and I've got to listen for his voice and ask him how to proceed. The Bible tells us in Psalm 32, in verse number 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God wants to guide us. God wants to direct our steps. Thou wilt show me, Psalm 1611, the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 25 and verse 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Psalm 86 and verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. God will show us his will in his timing. He will show us exactly what the next step is if we'll seek him, if we'll seek him with all of our heart. Sometimes we like to take things into our own hands. Sometimes we like to do what we want to do. And I'm reminded of the story in 2 Samuel chapter 24, where the Bible tells us, 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse number two, where David, the king, said to Joab, the captain of the host, go now through all the tribes of Israel and number ye the people. And Joab says, wait, don't do this. God doesn't, I don't think God's in this. 
notwithstanding, verse 4, the king's word prevailed against Joab. And God punished David, really. I think 75,000 of the children of Israel died because of David's doing things his way, taking things into his own hands. God has a specific instruction for us. By the way, I think sometimes God allows problems and challenges into our life to cause us to seek him. I've said this on a number of occasions to a number of people. I say, hey, you're reading your Bible every day? No, not like I should. You know what? You don't have enough problems. When you have enough problems in life, you have enough challenges in life, you get up in the morning and you say, oh, God, I need you. Where's my Bible? i got to get a word from God today. You see, that's how God designed life. God designed our life to be dependent upon him and to get into his word and to get his wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. God will give you all the wisdom you could possibly need, but you've got to ask him. You see, if you ask of God, he'll give it to you liberally. He's got it, and he's going to give it when we ask. You see, God's not up in heaven trying to make life hard on us. God's not up in heaven See, there they are in the cul-de-sac of problems. There's no way out, no which way to go. Oh, well. No, God is anxious to hear from us. God wants to hear our cry. He wants to communicate the next steps to us. We've got to seek him. We've got to recognize that the word of God includes instructions. It includes principles. It includes promises for us to live by. And boy, when we seek him, God shows himself strong. And God communicates just like he did with Moses. Hey, you think Moses? (laughs) We know Moses was a human being. Moses had challenges in his life. Can you imagine being Moses? All right, Moses, here's the Red Sea. Here's all this. And people, people are wondering what's going to happen. And he has to raise his rod and the sea parts. Boy, God give him. Now move forward. Okay, we're going to move forward. And they're moving forward on dry ground. I'm, I'm so glad that God guides us with his eye. I'm so glad that we don't have to kind of uh, wonder what the will of the Lord is. I'm so glad that we don't have to worry. We can just seek the Lord. Do you know what? It's God's responsibility. If you're surrendered to him, it's his responsibility to show you his will. Wherefore, be not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is. If you don't know what the next step is and you find yourselves backed in on all sides, wait until God communicates. We don't like to wait. We like to be people of action. We like to make things happen. Hey, in his timing, he will make the way so clear that we won't, we'll have to say, hey, I know this is God's will because God made it that way. Number one, the will of God includes problems. Number two, the word of God includes precepts. Number three, and finally, I want you to see this. The way of God includes power. The way of God includes power. Exodus 14 And verse number 19, the Bible says, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. Brother Shaw pointed this out this morning. It was before, in this case, it went behind them to protect his people, God's people, from the Egyptian army. And uh, the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Verse 20, And it came to pass... 
And it came between, and it come to pass, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that one came not near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. Now I want you to think about this just for a minute. Here this big huge sea parts. I wonder if there was a little apprehension on some people to cross over. I wonder if there was a little apprehension for people to think, huh, well there it is. Is it going to stay like that? Obviously it's not just a miracle that God parted the water, but the land is dry land. And they've got to walk through this on dry land. You're looking at, what, maybe 2 million people? I mean, this had the thing had to part pretty big. I wondered if, you know, imagination, get your imagination here a little bit. I wondered if you were on the far end and you were walking. Where's Richard? Brother Reynolds, there he is. Well, what, what are them fish you caught right there? Porky fish? I thought porky was a pig. Oh, oh, what is it again? Borgies. Borgie, you can tell I love fish. You're walking and, hey, there they are. Can you imagine, Richard? Hey, look, there's a catfish swimming. There's a, whatever you just said, Borgie. Uh, Sunny's a fish. Isn't there a Sunny a fish? All right. Bass, not in the Red Sea. Can you imagine that? But then you got to think if you're on the end, is this water going to stay till I get to the other end? I'd probably, I'd probably be in a little bit of unbelief. I'd be running across. I'll catch you guys at the other end. You know what I'm saying? Hey, God showed himself strong. Verse 22 says, And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Exodus 14 and verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. We know what happened. They crossed, the the ground got uh, muddy, and they got stuck, and the water came, and they drowned. Verse 31, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord, and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. You see, the Egyptians, Pharaoh, didn't realize that he's fighting against Jehovah God, Almighty God. I am that I am God. And by the way, that's the same God that you and I serve. You say, we serve the same God that Moses served in Exodus. Moses had issues with Pharaoh, the ruler of the land, that thought he was something. And Moses stayed faithful and followed the instruction of God in this situation, and God showed himself strong. And I'm going to tell you this, No matter how hard it gets, no matter what challenges we face in the United States of America in 2023, if we will follow our God, the same God, the same almighty God, the all-powerful God that parted the Red Sea will deliver us as well. God's able. The song in our hymn book, he is able to deliver Though by sin oppressed, go to him for rest. Our God is able to deliver. And I know, I don't know all the specific challenges that each of us face. 
But I know for some, there's some, some of you are staring at some tough challenges. You're staring at human impossibilities. You're staring at a Red Sea and you're thinking, this is way, way bigger than me. And life is. But it's not bigger than God. And God is able to show himself strong on your behalf. In the year 1854, a sailing vessel was in the vicinity of New Guinea. Seeing the distressed look on the captain's face as he peered intently into the sea, a young Englishman inquired as to the cause of his anxiety. This was the reply. A four-knot current is carrying us swiftly towards some sunken reefs over there. Our fate seems to be sealed. On the shores of the island, cannibals were rushing about and lighting fires in great joy. Presently, the captain spoke again. We've done everything that can be done. No, responded the young man. There is one thing we haven't done. Four of us on board are Christians. Let each of us retire to his cabin and in in agreed prayer, ask the Lord to give us a breeze immediately. This was agreed upon and done. After a few minutes of earnest intercession, the young man came up on deck confident that the petition had been granted. Finding the first officer a godless man in charge, he requested him to be let down to let down the sail. What would be good of that, he asked. The young man told him that he had three others, he and three others had been asking God to send a wind. It was coming immediately, and there was not a minute to lose, since they were so near the reefs. With a look of contempt, the officer replied with an oath, Nonsense, you can't pray up a wind. Noticing a few moments later that the topmost sail was beginning to tremble, he said, Oh, that's just a mere puff of wind. Never mind what you think, cried the young man. Let down the main sail quickly. This he was slow to do. Hearing the heavy tread of the men on deck, the captain came up from his cabin and saw the breeze that that had indeed come. In a few minutes, they were sailing away from the dangerous reefs, much to the disappointment of the native cannibals on the beach. Writing of this and similar experiences, the young man said this, Thus God encouraged me ere landing on China's shores to bring every, every variety of need to him in prayer and to expect that he would honor the name of the Lord Jesus and give the help which each emergency required. The man's name was J. Hudson Taylor. The text he claimed was John 14 and verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You and I have at our disposal omnipotence. We've got the almighty God that spoke this world into existence. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. And if we will ask, we will receive. We will see God do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God didn't use up all his power when he parted the Red Sea. That was nothing. And the same God that Moses served is the same God that you and I serve. And when we find ourselves in situations where this way, this way, that we see this is total impossibility, there's no way out, I don't know what to do, that's when God can step in and show himself strong and part the Red Sea in our lives. 
May God help us to depend upon him to do what only he can do. Look, the will of God will include problems. Until the day we head that way, problems are going to be part of life. The word of God includes precepts. It includes truths. It gives us principles. It shows us the way. It shows us how to go about life in the midst of these challenges. But we need to recognize that when I choose God's way, God's power is at my disposal. God wants to do great things in our lives in 2023. We have to believe him, no matter what. Lord, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for this story. We thank you, Lord, for these reminders. Lord, I'm thankful that you still answer prayer. I'm thankful, Lord, that you give liberally wisdom, if we'll ask. Lord, I pray that you would help us to believe you as a church as the children of Israel did, and take the steps that you would have for us to move forward in 2023 to reach this community with the gospel. Lord, would you do a work now in our midst? We love you. In Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder this morning, you hear as a Christian, you see, Pastor, the word of God was being preached. The spirit of God showed me a need in my life. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Can I see your hand across the auditorium? Pray for me. God's working in my life. Amen. Amen. Maybe there's a resistance to the problems that we face. And God wants to show himself strong. Anybody else you see, Pastor, pray for me? I didn't raise my hand then, but I'm going to raise it now. Lord, I ask that you would now draw people to yourself. Lord, I thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your power... It's just as much at our disposal as it was in the Old Testament. Lord, would you work now in Jesus' name? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd ask you to stand to your feet as the piano begins.